0: So let's turn to the book of 2 uh, uh, Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 7 to 8. That's a book in the Old Testament. So uh, Bible is divided uh, into two, two portions. One is a uh, Old Testament, and the second thing is New Testament. So life of Jesus, birth of Jesus, all things are written in the New Testament. So uh, creation, uh, God's work, before uh, uh, the coming of the Jesus, is said... Uh, um, so uh, the life of Jesus, his uh, birth, uh, death, resurrection, and coming uh, god 's uh, kingdom and uh, the church all things are ret- written uh, mainly mentioned in the in the New testament so uh, so maybe when you get time you know just trying to get Familiar with that one? If you have some question, you know. So don't worry, don't feel embarrassed. You know, nobody says call. or Only know, only one knows everything. That's good. So we all are learning about God and what God is doing among us. So in the book, in the Old Testament, there is a book called Chronicles. So in the in the book, that one, uh, chapter sixteen, verse uh, seven uh, to nine. Then we will be touching different parts of the uh, the book, and uh, hopefully we will um, try to understand. Uh, what, what God wants to communicate to us. So, Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 7 to uh, 7 to 9. At the time, Hanai the seer came to Asa the king of Judah and said to him, "Because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you." were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen yet because you relied on the Lord uh, relied on the Lord he gave them into your hand for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give support to strong support to those who those who those heart is blameless toward him you have done foolishly in this for you for for from now on you will have Wars, so in order to understand the context, a prophet is uh, uh, talking to a king called uh, uh, Asa. So, who was Asa? He was a king, and uh, according to the Bible and the history, he was the third king of the kingdom of Judah. So, the the kingdom was divided, Israel was divided into uh, two different parts, Uh, and one was the kingdom of uh, Judah. So, in the kingdom of Judah, he was uh, actually uh, after. Uh, David, he was the fifth king. That's the little bit of history, you know, so to understand that one. So he was, uh, he reigned nearly 41 years, and uh, his uh, reign dated between 913 uh, BC. That's the time, uh, the historians are thinking, that's the time till 873 to 869. So that's the time. And uh, he was succeeded by someone called, you might know this name, Jehoshaphat, you know, so that was his son. So that's a kind of a cream history to understand the context. He was a very good king when he came to rule. God placed him. When his father died, okay, God appointed him. Okay, I'm giving you this kingdom, kingdom of Judah. You're supposed to reign and rule. When he came, he was a very eager, delightful, faithful, truthful king, you know, so he did exactly what God asked him to do, God said, okay, you're not supposed to uh, 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 worship idols, you know, what he did, he removed everything, and he said, there's no idols in my country, you know, only one place we can worship, that's the king of kings and lord of lords, so you can see the passion, you can see the connection, you can see the devotion, he was uh, always want to read the scripture and to exactly no. God, you place me as a king. I want to fulfill your heart. And he was ruling and reigning and he was so successful. He was so uh, amazingly ruled um, uh, in, in that time. So you know to understand that one. Uh, so uh, if you look at uh, uh, the chapter 14 uh, and there was a big war when he was uh, uh, placed as a king, immediately there was a big war came and uh, the chariots and the all the things coming against him was comparatively huge for him you know he cannot stand with his own strength to fight against that battle so uh, and then he prayed he was he was on the valley to fight against the other country then he placed all his chariots and everything then he looked at the chariots and say it's impossible for us to beat that army then he prayed a wonderful prayer from there that's in this in chapter 14 verse 11. Then Asa called to the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. So he's recognizing, I'm weak. I got chariots, I got lots of stuff, but when I'm looking at the army, goodness me, I cannot beat them. So that's kind of prayer. Then he was praying, help us, Lord, our God, for we rely on you. That's very very significant statement he was making. He was saying, So, God, we rely on you, and in your name, we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let these mere mortals prevail against you. Can you see his devotion? Can you his uh, commitment? Can you can you see? He's looking at to, to himself and saying, We are weak, God only. You can rescue us. That was the beginning, but things could change as he was enjoying the power, as he was enjoying the wealth, as he was enjoying every blessing he was getting from the kingdom slowly he started forgetting about God he he. one side maybe he might be trying to trust in God like one, one, one feet on the other side the other feet you know so then he was trying to do his own plan to attack the other army that's the time you know to understand that one so if you get time you know so 2nd Chronicles chapter 16 onwards you need to read that one to understand the context what actually happening so that's in chapter 2 verse uh, 6 verse uh, 16 verse 7 Asa, the king of Judah, relied on the king of Syria and not on God. There is a war situation coming second again. So in the beginning, he was completely relying on God. In chapter 16, we can see another war is coming. This time, he was not relying on God. What he did, he sent a telegram to the Syrian, uh, Syrian uh, uh, the army. I, mean, I was using as, a, as an example, you know. Oh, he might be conducting, you know, so okay. I have trouble, okay, uh, can you, would you please, is able to come and rescue us, you know, so rather than relying on God, he's using his uh, bilateral, or wealth, or kind of friendship to to fight, to win against this, uh, 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 in this war, and he was trusting, or he was asking help from Syrian king, rather than asking from God. What happened there? So, therefore, Judah lost the battle with Syria. So even though, so he was asking help from Syria, eventually he was kind of cheated by Syrians, you know. So he he was trying to help from them and uh, trying to make a treaty. But in between, actually, he lost the battle with Syria. So there was a big loss within his plan. That is in chapter 16, verse 7. So because of his lack of faith, now on, Judah is suffering wars. God was not trying to place, because God was uh, bitter against them. You know, there was a bitter heart. Actually, whenever you are outside God's plan, things will go wrong. Things won't work well. You know. We might think, I can manage things, but here, God is communicating to this king, it's better to be under God's plan. So because of his uh, lack of reliance on God, the things after that, things went really, really bad. So, uh, and uh, in, in verse 9 says say, uh, we should rely on God and not a man because God is searching for opportunity to help those who are heart, are wholly trusting in him. It's a very important statement. He's saying like, uh, God is looking for men and women to demonstrate his power into their life because they are looking up to him, looking up to him, or asking and relying on God. Oh, God is so thrilled to demonstrate his glory and his power for those who trust in him. That's verse 19. So that's the key words I want to focus on, you know. So God God, God wants to spend time with her. God wants to reveal himself. If you have a heart, if you have a cry, if you have a prayer, even doesn't mean that you need to understand the whole scripture. It doesn't mean that you need to understand all the aspects of God. But in your heart, there is a cry from you. God, I can't live a life without you, God. I really, really need your grace for those who trust in the Lord. What what, what Bible says in verse nine? Say because God is searching for opportunities. Shall we say that word? Opportunities. opportunities. I'm awake. Are you sleeping? No. <laughs> Opportunity. God is searching for opportunities. Say it together. Opportunities. opportunities to help those hearts are holy, trusting in Him. So that says God is so thrilled to help those who are trusting in Him. God is so delighted to help other people because God doesn't need any help. He's fully sufficient. He got everything. So God doesn't want to create an army of slaves and, and asking, okay, if you want me to, if, I want, if you want to help from me, you this, this, all these things. It's not the way God is ruling. God is actually ruling in a way completely different from the world rulers, you know. So, he's 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 he wants to demonstrate, oh, he's looking for opportunity for people, those who are saying, God, you are holy, you are worthy, there is no one like you, God. So, when they are expressing their trust and reliance on God, God. Is so excited to demonstrate his glory, so people will see, nations will be, neighbors will see, friends will see. There is a God who is at work in their life. So who will get the glory? God will get the glory, Amen. So that's the main key phrase, uh, main key thing uh, God was trying to communicate to uh, to Asa. First of all, God is not needy; He is strong; He is all sufficient. He can live without us. He can live without a human being. He can live uh, you know just he he doesn't need sun or moon or stars or nothing but he created everything in his mercy. He can he can live without us. He doesn't need angels. He doesn't need anything to, oh, I'm quite bored today, you know. So I, I like to have a chat with some people. Oh, let's create man so I can, have a, I can have a chat with them, you know. So it's so boring. That's not the reason God created us. <laughs> but that's His mercy and His love. He wants to demonstrate His character. That's the reason He made the creation. So that ev- through everything, He can demonstrate His character his mercy, his love through the nature. That's the reason God created us. So our God is not needing. Full stop. God doesn't need or God is not craving for our worship, you know. So like for example, there's a big gap in his uh, his rule or some of our worship came that filled the gap, then feel God, feel happy. No, That's that's not God. If that's the case, God is not God. If he's sustained by our worship, God is not God. But if you look at Hinduism, that's the way things work. If you look at Islam, that's the way things work. That's the uniqueness of Christianity. There is a God who is all sufficient, He is filled with everything in every way, He is so full of everything, but in His mercy, He created us and He delighting in our worship, in our response. He was so cherishing, like a father cherishing a son's work or daughter's work or response from his or her response, you know. Even though that's not perfect, he is delighting in the response. Amen. For example, your children drawing a uh, picture, you know, does that make any of your income coming to the bank balance? Any, any income? Nothing. It won't make anything. It won't make anything. But that will, that, you know, you, 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 you will be cherished to see that, even though that's not perfect. But he is so delighted. So he is not needy, he is strong. Our God is not passive or hesitant. He is aggressively pursuing it with the goodness and mercy. We will look at that uh, 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 a bit details in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Isaiah chapter uh, chapter 40, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk, not faint. So in order to understand that portion, maybe we need to read from verse twenty-eight. That's a brilliant portion. That's one of the favorite scriptures in the Bible. uh, uh, In the Bible, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God. Shall we say together, everlasting God? Oh, that's not good enough. You know, after a good meal, you know, everlasting God. So our God is an everlasting God. That means He doesn't have any beginning or end. He is huge. He's an everlasting God. He's that's that's talking about God. So you understand God's character. He is an everlasting God and creator of the ends of the earth. So He's an everlasting God, and He is the creator of everything. You name it, God created everything. So that's the character, that's the God we are worshipping, the creator of the ends of the earth. He, doesn't, he does not faint or grow weary. you know. He, he never gets tired. That's our God. He never gets bored. He, never, he doesn't need to rely on World Bank for financial benefit. He doesn't need to rely on know uh, in a, in a UN uh, in a Security Council to give some money for, you know, so he is God. He's all sufficient. He created the sun and the moon and the galaxies and the seas and the every, every living thing, every non-living things and the millions of uh, you know, milk waste is filled with his creative power. He's so sufficient. Every molecule, every atom, every human being, everything is created by God. This is our God. He's everlasting God and he's the creator of everything. This is the contrast. (laughs) But we can get faint. (laughs) We can get so tired and exhausted. We can go really, really low. We are limited. We can be so confused. We can be so stuck in our life situation. We can... We can completely fail to solve a small small problem in our life. Sometimes we completely fail to handle 10 pounds in our hand. We completely go wrong how we manage our time. We can completely wrong in our relationship with one another. The way we choose, the way we shop, the way we forgive one another, the way we love one another, the way we raise our children, the way we are spending our money, every area of our life can be gone wrong because we are so fragile. We are so limited. But in the midst of that, sometimes we think we are in charge of our life. I'm in control of everything. It's all right. Sorry, don't try to help me. I can manage. If I'm not... Try, if you're trying to receive some help, that's so embarrassing, you know. So that means uh, that's going to affect my performance. So sorry, wait a minute. You want to show that? I'm going to, things, I'm going to make everything under control. You can see that one. The moment you put this one, i trying to take something up, it's gone down. So that's our human nature. Oh, individualism, you know. Wait a minute. Thank you very much. I don't need help in English terms. Can I have some space, please? Can I have some time, please? I know how to raise my children. I know how to manage my money. So that's the core of the selfishness, or trying to say, I can be in charge of my life. I can manage my life. Actually, this has happened to Asa. You know, the beginning he was trying to rely on God. Now he got the wealth. He got the position he got the experience as a king you know so he might have won many battles you know now god hmm, thank you very much if you want to give me some support i will appreciate that but ultimately i can manage i have a friend i just conducted him he's Syrian. he's so powerful you know we we together can manage through that we can demonstrate he's under control but things didn't go well he was so bitter he was so angry And he was so upset with the prophet. Came and pointed out. Asa. God is not happy about the way. You are trying to do things. He's not like God is so jealous. You want me to involve in every decision. You know God is so jealous now. Ultimately God is saying. Without me. You will go bust. You won't survive. Without my grace and sustaining faith. You won't survive. Without me. There is no life. Without my grace, there is no eternity. Without my life, you are dead. Actually, a loving father is trying to bring life into people's life, but we have a tendency to push that things away through our friendship, you know, or through our alliance of money, or through our pride, or it could be cultural stronghold saying, "No, I can be in charge." But here, Isaiah is saying, have you not known? Have you not heard? He's talking, come on guys, I'm talking about God. He's all sufficient, He is everlasting, and He's the creation. Then he's saying it again, sometimes we can go tired, we can go so weary, but, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. That means their strength is gone by relying on by themselves. How many of you got really tired by trusting in your own life? <laughs> How many times, you know? We never learn, but we still do that kind of things, you know? We're trying to manage our time, and we're trying to everything. In the evening, exhausted, talking someone. is like an animal, you know, just like hugging someone, like a leopard, you know, just like a... So irritated and frustrated, you know? If anyone talks, shut up, give me space, you know? I'm in charge. Then exhausted, flat. that time God is reminding those who wait on the Lord how do you wait on the Lord reminding yourself I have a God he is everlasting I have a God who is the creator that means he can create everything including life in me including wisdom into my life He can give me wisdom even at the the time I'm driving, you know. Sometimes we think, if things are so complicated, I will pray. But God wants us to rely on Him every aspect of our life. The very beginning to the very end, even while you're sleeping... How much do you trust in God? I'm not talking about some religious prayer when you wake up. I'm not talking about a religious prayer before you go to bed. I'm not talking about religious prayer or reading Bible as a religious, you know, just, oh, I should do this one, then God will bless me. I'm not talking about that one. In your core, in your inner being, you're believing. Only God can sustain me in every aspect of my life. Only God can give me life. God, how much I need you, Lord. When you do that. That's it brother. When we do that one in the God will sustain us. God will bring life into our life. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall not be weary, shall not walk not, not faint. They shall walk not faint. It's about about the characteristic of God is demonstrated. Let's tend to Isaiah chapter 64 verse 4. For of all no one has heard of the perceived by the ear. No eyes have seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Shall we say it together? Those who wait for him. Oh, that's not loud, you know. Especially after, yeah, after, after coming from India, you know, that's so loud. It's quite noisy, noisy country, you know. So I want a bit more noise. Those who wait for him. So God is ready to act for those who wait for him. God is so excited to demonstrate his glory. He is not looking for people to work for him. He is all sufficient. <laughs> he is not looking for some slaves. He is looking for people who will let him work for them. <laughs> That's the difference. That's the way... The things work, you know. In in a, in a human history, if you look at slavery, if you look at the nature of the nature of many kingdoms or rulers, you know they are recruiting people to work for them. But here, he the, the Isaiah is introducing, explaining a God. He is looking for people who will let him work for them because they trust in him. You got it. That's completely different dynamics. So God is not looking for people to work for him. He's looking for people who will let him work for them. All we're saying, God, I need you. Only you can sustain me. Would you please come and take charge of my life? Look at my life. It's messy. Look at my relationship. It's messy. Look at my finance, God. It's messy. Look at the way I'm trying to solve the situation. It's absolutely going wrong. There are some times I'm in charge, but ultimately, you know me, God. Things are not going great. So would you please come and demonstrate your mercy and your strength into my life? All you are saying, God, you are Lord of my life. You are in charge of my life. You are the one sustaining me for those who wait upon the Lord. For those who rely on him, God will demonstrate his power. Acts chapter 17 verse 25. God is not served by human hands. He is not served by human hands. As though he needed anything since, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. This is God. Shall we read that together? Acts chapter 17, verse 25. God is not served by human hands. You're not reading. Okay. Let's put a a, a, God is not. You know, start with us, He is not. Let's say God is not. Okay? God is not served by human hands as though He needed anything since He That's so monotonic, quiet, you know, just like, no. I want to be a bit more strong, even after eating. I saw that, how much you were eating, you know. So (laughs) there's lots of calories to burn this afternoon. So let's uh, read it together. We are talking about God. God is not served by human hands, as though He needed anything, since He... Say together, everything. Everything. No, that's not enough. Everything. 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 What does that mean? Everything. Everything. Everything God is the one providing, you know, God is the one sustaining. This is the God we are worshiping this afternoon. The reason we are here this afternoon, because of this God. Are you ashamed of Him? Or are you so thrilled to say, He is my God? Are you thrilled to say, I have a God? He doesn't need my support, but I'm sustained by His mercy, His grace. So that's the way we demonstrate. God's glory. Or do you try to bury it? Oh, I'm not a Christian, you know. I'm not a kind of a, uh, you know, just like, I'm a Christian, but, you know, just special Christian, you know. So I believe, you know, so I have a Christianity, but uh, uh, just, uh, you know. So, oh, yeah, if you're believing that one, it's fine for you, but it's fine for me. Or do you really say, I have a God who is sustaining everything. He's the true living God. He got everything. He doesn't need my support, but that's my king. I won't, I'm completely relying on him in my, in my life. Is it a pressure or is it a privilege? Or is it an honor or is it something shameful? But here, the Bible is so clear. There are people in the history so overwhelmed by God's mercy. They shouted, he is my God. He is our God. Psalm uh, Psalm 50 verse 15. Call upon me, call upon me in the days of trouble... I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. That's God. Call upon me in the days of trouble. King Asa didn't do that one. In the days of trouble, he tried to use his bilateral techniques and all kind of experience to solve the issue. But God was saying, I'm so thrilled to demonstrate my strength on people, those who wait upon me. King Asa, you miss that chance. It's better to be served by the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, because he's so good and he's so wonderful. What about Jesus' life? When we come to Mark chapter 10 verse 45, he said, "I'm not here to receive some service." He said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, "The Son of Man came not to be served." He is God. He was God. He didn't say that one. Okay, you know that I'm son of God. Everything was created through me and by me. You are sustaining by me. If you look at the Bible, it's talking everything about me. So I'm going to sit here. Come and worship me. (laughs) Anytime, any single verses in the Bible or in the New Testament, especially the life of Jesus. He never ever demanded worship from them. But there are many occasions they worshipped him. That's Jesus. That is God. But he said one thing. The son of man came not to be served. But he didn't come to get slaves. But he, 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 he gave his life for others. And he demonstrated his life by knowing that humanity doesn't have any hope without his life. Humanity doesn't have any hope without his death and resurrection. So he gave his life for him, knowing that that's the only one way people can get saved. So God is eagerly, aggressively seeking to work those who wait for him. In the New Testament, God demonstrated a big love for us through sending his Spirit he said you cannot do anything without me without apartment apart from me it's impossible to live sustain so i'm going to send you someone on behalf of me his name is holy spirit he's god and saying he can sustain your life he can lead you in all truth he will be able to help you to pray so through that, he was actually saying, without my help, you can do anything. Are you listening carefully? Are you listening here? Please listen carefully. So Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Holy Spirit is helping us to pray. John chapter 16, verse 13. The Holy Spirit guides us. John chapter 14, verse 26. It says, Holy Spirit, there. To teach us, Revelation chapter two, verse seven. Don't try to write it down. All the scripture references, you know, just uh, listen and how much God is working in our life. Holy Spirit speaks to us all the time. He is available for us. On Corinthians chapter two, verse ten, the Spirit of God reveals things for us. Acts chapter 8 verse 29. The Holy Spirit gives us personal instruction. Can you see that one? The way each, every, each and every area of your life is guided by the Holy Spirit. So, prayer, guiding us, teaching us, speaking to us, revealing things about God, And personal instruction. And testifying about Jesus. And he's encouraging us. And he's calling us. And he's giving us the boldness. And he is giving us the inner strength. He is again helping us to pray when we don't know how to pray. And he's always confirming what is true. Every aspect of our life is how much we need God's spirit in our life. And he's freely giving the Spirit those who believe him. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve tried to be in charge of their life. Everything went wrong. They tried to cover their shame with the fig tree, it didn't sustain. But God stepped in and covered their nakedness through a, an animal sacrifice. You know, he covered him. So there he shouted. Adam and Eve, where are you? But in the New Testament and after through many prophets in the Old Testament, you can see, come to me and drink. There is an invitation there. The first question from God was, where are you? But through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have a great comfort, we have a great confidence through the work of the holy spirit you don't need to run your life your own you can rely on the holy spirit he will do everything for you because he is god in you he wants to live in your life that's amazing prayer guiding us teaching us speaking to us revealing things to us personal instruction even little things god can reveal oh, i can, i know how to drive I don't need God. No, even that time also, Holy Spirit will remind you. I need you. <laughs> I want to work in your driving life. I want to be. I want to get involved in your cooking life. No, 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 no. no. I want you, God, when I pray. I want you, God, when I uh, talking about Bible. No, God wants to be in charge of every aspect of your life because He is God, He is good, His ways are the perfect ways so God can enable us to lead a life relying on God in all the aspect of our life. Holy Spirit calls us for His service and boldness and inner strength and He confirms things as true. When the lies comes, when the temptation comes, When the confusion comes, when we are stuck thinking, what is the way, where, God, where where do I need to lead, you know, do I need to take this job or do I need not to take this job, Lord, do I need to stay in the city, Lord, do I need to leave the city, God. Children are growing. I don't know how to handle their hunger. Lord, my finance is out of control. When you are getting frustrated, you can come to God and say, God, you are my father. You can come and take charge of every aspect of our life. In you, I will be secure. Doesn't mean that things are going to be perfectly happy as we plan, But one thing is sure, things will be perfect according to his, his plan And you will be safe in Him. You will be secure in Him. You will be absolutely protected by God. Nothing can take you from the love of God. Your eternity will be safe, and here in the life will be He will be protecting you because your reliance on God and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. What an invitation from God! This is not information, this is an invitation to you. Holy Spirit brings joy. We have happiness. When we buy a mobile phone, we are happy. But there is no joy. When iPhone 5 to iPhone 6, there's a happiness there. When iPhone 7 comes, it will go, you know. So you need to fill it for happiness. There is always there is a Constant eagerness to fill the empty level of happiness. It could be eating. It could be shopping. It could be buying. It could be Facebook. could be something always there to fill me. could be the likes you get on Facebook. You feel happy. Next post, nobody did anything. Why? It's gone. But joy is different. That's everlasting. Because that's not coming from Facebook. It's coming from the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It never Got tired for supplying his joy to your life and the peace and the spirit of the Lord brings freedom into your life. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. Don't go to the scripture, all the things. If you want this, all the verses, you know, so that's in the Bible. Or if you want it all put together, ask this one. I'm happy to email you. You know, don't, don't worry, just listen very carefully. The Holy Spirit helped us to, to, to be obedient. What I thought I need to try my best to to obey God. But here is a great opportunity and help from God. The work of the Holy Spirit in me. That is 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. The Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit will help me to obey God. What an offer. So he always saying, I want to work in your life. The Holy Spirit is called for the... Prepare us to return for His kingdom. The Holy Spirit will transform us into the image of God. That's a 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. He will transform us. Say it together, transform us. Oh, come on guys, are you listening? Transform us. Into the image of God. Transform us into the image of God. The reason we are living is to become like Jesus who can do that holy spirit only he can do that one can you see that how much we need god can you see that how much we need god in every aspect of our life holy spirit lives us lives inside us and he frees free us from the power of sin and the holy spirit gives us the new life that's in titus chapter 3 verse 5 the holy spirit pr- produce fruit in our life As I was reading this one, goodness me, how much I need God in my every aspect of my life, and the Spirit is so available for us. Not only that, He is the one giving us the gifts. (laughs) He is the one leading us. He is the one convicting us about our sin. He is the one bringing salvation and holiness. He's the one enabling me to witness for Jesus, even to share gospel to other person, I need God. You know, to tell about God, how much I need God. You know, to make a decision, how much I need no God. When I'm battling with the lots of lies, the Holy Spirit will enable me to fight back because He is revealing the truth. Five more verses. The Holy Spirit brings salvation and the holiness. And help us to witness for Jesus. And the Holy Spirit identify us. God's own. A seal. You are my child. He's not saying. through Not not through self confession. We are not trying to attain it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You are mine. You are mine. You are mine. You are mine. Who is testifying? God is testifying. Through the work of the Holy Spirit. In my life. Every day. The moment I forget that. I feel lost. I feel insecure. I feel I want to be in charge of my life. But Holy Spirit will enable us to remind myself. I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit give us access to the Father. (laughs) That's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18. If I want to talk to the Father, the Spirit of God in me is enabling me to make that choice of talking to the Father. And the Spirit enables us to wait for the fulfillment of God's promise. That will give me the patience to wait for, to see the fulfillment of God in my life. So that means patience is The work of the Holy Spirit. King Asa. Trying to do his things his own way. But God was reminding. My eyes is looking through Sheffield now. Even now. God is looking at Shackleaf Community Center. Who is trusting in me? Who wants to communicate? God. After hearing this. How much I need you Lord. He wants to demonstrate his power and his glory and his wisdom through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, through Jesus. I can read many, many scriptural references. King Asa didn't rely on God. Some parts of our life, we might ask God to come, but some parts, thank you very much, give me space. Some aspects, half and half, But altogether, if you understand the work of the Holy Spirit, every aspect of our life, how much we need God in our life. Every millisecond, how much I need God. Because I'm fragile and I'm so weak in my decision making, in my life. Here there is an invitation this is not information. If you need information, you have brilliant books available. There are brilliant talks available. You don't need an Indian with an Yorkshire accent here. There are much better books are available. But this afternoon, if God is giving me the opportunity to communicate something, this is not an invitation, this is not an information, this is an invitation to his kingdom. God... <laughs> how much I need you in my life. Let me read the first scripture, then I'm going to finish. We're going to pray now. That's 2 uh, Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose Heart is blameless. I'm not saying blameless could be quite complicated terminology, thinking I should be completely pure. No. Those whose heart is trusting in him, or longing for him, or longing towards him. But Asa foolishly chose to make his own way. Things didn't go well. In the New Testament, there is an open invitation in John chapter 7, verse 36 37. On the last day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, Come, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Come to me and drink. There is another invitation, Come to me, I will give you rest. He said, Come to me, I will give you life. He said, come to me, I will give you peace. What an amazing invitation from God this afternoon. You might be a Christian, you may not be a Christian. Either way, without God, you cannot sustain or live your life. You can still choose. But another thing, you can receive that invitation. God... Would you please come into my life and be in charge of my life? Let's close our eyes and pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, afternoon. Many times uh, we try to be in charge of our own life. Even now, we are facing that battle. Would you please come and rescue us? Our thoughts are filled with lies and negative things and fears. But you are the one reminding us about the truth. So, only you can rescue us this afternoon. There's only one way we can come out that's through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. But, God, you, just, you won't just break in and show your bustle. But you work for people, children, that trust in you, God. So, this is our cry this afternoon. Would you please help us to trust in you, God? So that we can live every day under your grace and faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you please come and do that, God? When is the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to come and fill you with his presence? When is the last time you asked God, I'm hungry for your presence. I'm thirsty for your presence. This afternoon there's a big invitation is available for us.